Can I retire at 61 years old with $1.4 million saved for retirement? That's what we're going to look at today on the Your Financial EKG YouTube channel. I've got David and he's 61 years old and I've got his wife Cindy. Cindy's 57 years old and they've got $1.4 million, almost $1.5 million saved for retirement and they're asking the question, can we retire? Now there's three specific areas that they are concerned about stepping into retirement because most of you would see that and say, of course they can retire. But for David and Cindy, they have three specific concerns. One is spousal social security benefits because Cindy didn't work for most of David and Cindy's life. She raised the kids, which is work in itself. She raised the kids, she was a homemaker. Now, as a grandma, she helps babysit the grandkids. So for her, her social security benefit is a lot less than David's. So we've got to look at this and say, okay, what is her spousal social security going to be? And when is it the best time for David to collect? Because that's going to have a direct effect on Cindy's spousal social security benefits. The other concern that they have is what happens if David passes away? They're very concerned if David passes away, what is their retirement income going to look at? And we're gonna dive deep into that in the Your Financial EKG because they're concerned. Listen, if Dave passes away, what's gonna to happen to Social Security? What's gonna to happen to our withdrawals? And what's gonna to happen to our overall retirement plan? And last but not least, the third thing that they're concerned about are their investments. They have had, or they've had the same firm manage their investments for 20 years. And in those 20 years, they've rarely spoken to their financial advisor. And the investments they have today are the same investments that they've had for many, many years. And so they're wondering, as I step into retirement, are the investments that I've been in for the last 10 years the best investments for me going forward? So we're going to look at that as well. So hang on. Let's get into the Your Financial EK. Can I retire at 61 years old with $1.4 million saved for retirement? Well, that's what we're going to look at. I've got David who's 61. I've got Cindy who's 57. They're asking the question, can we retire? And they have three main concerns. Spousal Social Security benefits for Cindy. What happens if David passes away first? and their investments. And we're gonna look at all three of these in detail. So let's get in to the software today, asking the question, can I retire? So we've got David and Cindy here, and they're asking the question, can we retire? David is 61 years old, and Cindy is 57 years old. Now, when we did the social security analysis, it is in their best interest for David to take social security at 70. The reason we're gonna do it at 70 is because David's gonna get 124% of his full retirement benefit. By doing that, he's getting the maximum social security payment that is allowed, 124% of his full retirement benefit. If David passes away before Cindy, Cindy will inherit his social security 
at 70. So his 70-year-old his Social Security, she would get that. So if David lives to 80 and passes, Cindy's going to get whatever his Social Security benefit is. That's a spousal Social Security benefit. Cindy, being a homemaker, has very little Social Security benefit. So we want to try to get as much Social Security for her as well. So what we're going to do for Cindy, we're going to do a spousal benefit at 67 for her, which would be $1,650. Now, that is half of what David's Social Security benefit would be at 67. So as long as the higher earner is claiming Social Security and is over 67, Cindy, which is David's spouse, can get half of his full retirement Social Security, which is 1650. Okay, so that's a simplistic way to look at this. There's a little bit more of a detailed and complicated Social Security strategy that we actually went through with them, but I don't want to go through that on YouTube because I'm, I would lose you. Okay, so there's their Social Security. Now, from an asset standpoint, we just talked about this. They have various assets. They have two property assets, their house, worth which is worth $450,000, and they have a farm that is worth $160,000. They have zero debt. So there's no debt on their real estate, which is awesome heading into retirement. Now, so we've got, well, look at this, $1.4 million in spendable assets. We've got 610 in protected assets, which means our total portfolio value is $2,099,000. So, and actually a pretty good scenario. Now, you might be saying, hey, Drew, of course they can retire. And you're probably typing that into the comments right now. But for them, the biggest concerns are Social Security. We just talked about that. We want to look at what happens if David passes away and investments. Those are the bigger things. Now, from a risk standpoint, currently they've got 84.96% of their assets at risk of market loss, and they've got 15% at low risk, meaning the market is not going to cause their investments to go down. After we did a risk assessment, after we went through some risk questions, it was determined that they really want to have about 60% of their assets in low risk and 40% at risk. Okay, now obviously they've got to earn a rate of return on their low risk assets. With interest rates going up, that's been a big benefit for especially things like treasuries, fixed income, municipal bonds, anything that is a low risk asset. Now, our portfolio weighted rate of return is going to be 6% except for the money that's in the the money that's in the bank and the house and the farm are only given a 1% rate of return to. Now, let me explain rate of return real quick. Rate of return means this IRA is still invested in the stock market and because it's invested it's going to grow and so we need to have a projection for that growth we can't just say well it's going to get whatever we need to put a physical number in there so we can look at four we can look at six we can look at five the reason i like six is because it's a little bit more conservative than what the overall market has returned over the last 50 years Okay, so we've looked at their social security, we've looked at their assets, now let's go to their expenses. Because they do have some higher expenses. Now their current monthly expenses after tax are $5,000. So this is after tax, meaning if we're pulling money out of IRAs, there's gonna have to be more than $5,000 coming out to pay Uncle Sam. 
So $5,000 is their current monthly expenses after tax, which is $60,000 a year. Inflation is going to get a 3.24% kick every year. So that expense, that expense, that $5,000 is going to go up every year by 3.24%. And how the software does it is it calculates it monthly, which I love that. It does a monthly calculation instead of an annual calculation. From a cash flow standpoint, they've got two specific cash flows that we have to add into their plan that we know of right now. Now, obviously they're 61 and 57, so things are gonna change. They may inherit some money. There might be a, a wedding they wanna pay for. There might be some things that they need to spend money on. But at this point, we have two specific cash flows that we need to account for. One, they do have a rental property that is in the process of being sold, where they're gonna net after taxes to the state and federal level, they're gonna net $100,000. So that 100,000 is gonna flow into the property on November of 2023. So it's kind of a, a lease agreement. They're gonna get the proper, they're gonna get that money in 2023. They also wanna have extra income. So $60,000, which is their expenses, is what they need to live off of to go to Kroger's, to go to the, you know, buy clothes, buy gas, just everyday expenses, utilities, all that stuff. But the extra income, they want about $15,000 annually for the next 15 years for travel, for spoiling their grandkids, for having fun. So we don't want to put that number into their expenses because the expenses I want to keep as a base. I want to add any extra income that you might want or they might want into a cash flow because those might increase, it might decrease. We need to change that over time. Keep in mind, the software, the your financial EKG these people are clients of mine and this is a living document so they might call me two years from now and we might have to adjust some things because they might say hey Drew we're selling our house we're moving to a we're gonna move on the farm or we're doing this that and the other and we need to be able to add that back in to the plan and so that's why we have the cash flows now let's answer the question can they retire that's the main concern for David and Cindy well if you look at this at 61 and 57, starting with $1.4 million saved for retirement. Here's our annual cash flow, the extra income. They can do whatever they want with it. Here's our net monthly expenses. You can see they've gone up a little bit with inflation. Here's $85,000 coming into the property. That's a $15,000 extra income going out. That's $100,000 of the rental property coming in. So we're netting $85,000 in that year of extra cash flow coming into their scenario. And if you look at this, at 100 and 104, they've got $1.9 million. They're actually ahead of the game. So remember what Cindy and David's main concerns were. Well, Cindy's main concern is what happens if David passes away. Because this scenario is both of them, both social securities, both of them living until 104 and 100. So let's go look at what happens if David passes away. And the reason we want to look at this is because if someone passes, if you're on Social Security, or even if you're not on Social Security, when one of your spouses passes away, you're going to lose the lesser of the two Social Securities, 
but your expenses are not going to change that much. A lot of people have this misconception that when I lose my spouse, I'm going to also lose all these expenses. Well, your light bill might change a little bit because the lights aren't on as much, but your cable bill or your streaming bill is not going to change. Your insurances are not going to change on your primary residence. Now, your car insurance may change because you might lose a car, but for the most part, what I have noticed as a financial advisor is if the male passes away first, the female normally keeps the same lifestyle or social interactions okay so if it's a female situation then they usually continue to spend and continue to have the same socials that they did pre the person passing away if this is a male situation and they're the, the lone survivor then normally males I always joke like they're Chris Farley they could live in a van down by the river and they'd be okay doesn't mean that's bad or good, it's just different, right? We are different species. So let's look at this. I wanna show David passing away immediately. That's the thing I wanna show first. So what we're gonna look at is we lose all social security. So the widow benefit is what Cindy's gonna get we determined if David passes away immediately, it makes sense for Cindy to take, his, her, take the widow benefit at 67, which would be $3,300, which was David's full retirement benefit at 67. So let's go to the retirement plan. So we'll look at this. David's passed away immediately. We've got $1.49 million. And it actually looks like a pretty good plan. Now, the one thing that Cindy told me was, hey, if he passes away early, I still want to travel. I'm just going to take my daughter. So I got to go back up into cash flows and we've got to add in some of this extra income. So let's go here. Let's do this annually. We'll do $15,000 because that's what they want to spend. It's going to come out of the IRA. It's going to be for extra income. And we're going to do this for 15 years. Perfect. All right. So there we go back to retirement. And as you can see, she will still have at a hundred $1.5 million. Now it's $400,000 less than when David lived, if he lived all the way to 104, but they're in a still in a really good place. So they were nervous. Like if one of us passes away right away, what's going to happen to our portfolio? What's going to happen to our retirement income? What, what's going to happen to us? And financially, I can show them. I can say, listen, guys, no matter what happens, I'm going to be here for you financially. But because you guys have saved and you've worked so hard and you have done the due diligence to be where you're at, you guys are going to be okay. Now, emotionally, it's going to be, you're going to be a wreck. But financially, you're going to be all right. Okay, so the last thing they wanted me to look at was their investments. Okay, now we do an investment analysis with the Your Financial EKG, and we use some software for that. So this is David, and this is his portfolio, one of his portfolios. It's got $800,000 in it, okay? So what I like to look at when we're doing an investment analysis is a couple different things. The first thing I want to look at are what are the expenses on the portfolio. Now expenses for mutual funds or for ETFs, you can see that it's called an expense ratio. If you just type in the ticker symbol to Google, maybe you type in VOO or if it's a mutual fund, it's a five digit ticker. And you can see the expense ratio. It has to be reported. Well, what the software does is it takes the expense ratio for all of these mutual funds. So you can see everything that's owned here. And what it does is it says, okay, for the portfolio, 
the total expense ratio is 0.54 and they're paying $4,306 in fees internally every year. So before they get out of bed on January 1st, 2023, 2024, 2025, their portfolio charges them $4,306. And so when I looked at this and when I showed this to David, I said, hey, David, I don't understand this because the way we work, we use low cost index funds, whether mutual funds or ETFs. And this right here seems really high because we go back to your advisory fee, that's 0.85. So we say the 0.85 for your current advisor, and we add in this 0.54, and you're pushing almost 1.5%, well, it's really 1.4% on your overall fee. And I said, well, if we, let me just, just for kicks and giggles, just because I like to do this, what if we compare that to one of our portfolios? So here's one of our portfolios, 0.05. That's the expense ratio. Now, as you can see, they're all really, the highest is 0.1. And it's because we use Vanguard ETFs. Now we like Fidelity and Schwab and iShares and all of them, but in this portfolio, it's specifically Vanguard. So the fee's only 0.05 instead of 0.5. And that's a $4,000 savings on a yearly basis. If you take $4,000, you earn 6% over 10 years, that's $70,000 in savings. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal deal. The other thing I like to look at is I say, okay, let's look at your portfolio and let's see how it's done year to date, one year and three years. And so David and Cindy are in a conservative portfolio. They've been conservative since about the mid forties. They went through 2008. They just want to be conservative. They lost a lot. They want to save money. And so we look at the portfolio and it's a conservative portfolio. So if you compare their portfolio to the S&P 500, the S&P 500, which is let's say that's the most growth, is at negative 14. So they're at negative nine, the market's at negative 14. That's pretty conservative. We look at year to date, S&P's down 15 and a half, they're down 10. So they're not losing as much as the market, which is the purpose of it. And over three years, the market's averaging 9.77 and they're averaging right at five. So they're averaging 5% per year. So from an investment standpoint, I can go back and say, listen, the expenses are high, but you're conservative and what you're trying to accomplish in your conservative portfolio is being accomplished. Now, is there a better way? Can we lower the fees? Sure we can, but what you're trying to accomplish is being done. And the last thing I like to look at is just the risk. We just stress test the investments and we say, okay, Dave, if we have another 2018 quarter four sell-off, that's when interest rates rose like they have been recently the last time, you'd be down 12%. The market was down 19%. Again, still conservative. Subprime crisis, the worst crisis we've had. That's the 2008 crisis. You'd be down 24% the stock market would be down 41. So again, it's accomplishing what you are wanting it to do, which is to be conservative, okay? So listen, I hope that this has helped you on your retirement journey. Now, this is only a portion of the Your Financial EKG YouTube videos. Make sure you go back to the catalog, watch all the videos that'll help you get to retirement, through retirement, and protect your ability to stay in.